Hey, Swan. Hey, Perry. Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to bring something up that we kind of failed to mention last week. <gasps> Movember. It's our Movember charity campaign. It is. Last year, we ran a, I would say, pretty successful charity campaign for Movember. And this year, we are doing the exact same thing. Movember is an organization that raises awareness for men's health and men's mental health. And they have been a favorite of mine for a long, long time. And I, I said this last year, when I started the podcast, I always had some kind of initiative to do something special with it and give back in some way. And it turns out that uh, Movember has been the thing that I've been kind of moved to support uh, over the past couple of years. Uh, personal experience with them, I, I reached out to Tony, who is kind of our, our inside rep guy, saying that I wanted to do this again. And I said, you know, I've, I've been working towards, you know, thinking about doing this, but with having the baby and, you know, all these other life things going on, I didn't have the time to really get it going as much as I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that's okay. You're all good to go. By the way, here's a little bit of reading for you as a new dad and how to handle that with mental health issues. Just threw it at me. And I was like, this is fantastic. This yeah. is amazing. Um, so I, I just am so excited to to be partnering with them again this year and raising more money. Uh, same target that we had last year, $500. We're actually already halfway there. Oh, that's crazy. And it's, as of recording, not even the 10th day of November. Uh, yeah, November. That's what we're in because we're raising money for November. Yeah. Yeah. Good that stuff. makes sense. It does, not it just? <laughs> So you can find the link for that below in the description of this episode. And also, we're going to be doing something a little bit different this year. I, I, I can't quite nail down how I want to do this, whether it's the biggest donation or whether it's just out of a pool of people who donate. But I'd like to get a set of samples together and send them to this specific person uh, and do a private tasting with them. Because I had talked about doing some kind of rewards or whatever for donating. Maybe we'll do like a like a special bonus episode or something for people who who donate and you know something something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's if that's if that's not incentive. I don't know what is. I don't know what it is either. Yeah. So anyway, Movember, uh, you can find that link again in the description below. We'll bring it back up at the end of the episode. But Swan, I think we uh, we should get into it. What do you think? I think so. I think so, too. I'm think. excited. I just want to say think one more time. Think. Let's do it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I am your host, Perry. With me... For episode 152 is this live bird that I've brought into the, the studio. No, I'm just kidding. It's Swan. Swan's here. He's a dead bird. He's, He's not alive. a dead bird. Yeah. <laughs> you made it way more morbid than I had intended for it to be. Yeah. 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 Well. It's fine. We, we hang him up on the wall every week and then take him down and reanimate him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Have you not wondered what that weird break in between Mondays is for you? What in the Where magic school black? bus is going on right now? This <laughs> Ritz saved me. Oh, goodness gracious. Welcome anybody who is a new listener of the show as well. If you have not yet, please subscribe, share a, share the episode with your friends, leave a comment, a, a review, that sort of thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm still adjusting to dad life, okay? My brain's a little all over the place. I started a new job last week. Like, just, just bear with me for a little bit. But we're going to be fine. We're going to make it. We, you know, there was that one guy who told us we should learn how to focus. I don't remember him. I didn't focus enough. You don't want me to, you, do you want me to read his comment out to you? I'm not going to read it on air. No. I'll no. read it to you eventually. Well, after the podcast. Yeah, I'll, sure, why I'll, not? Yeah, I'll listen to that. Why not? Yeah. We do start every episode, though, with Flying Blind. Yeah, we do. And this week, special. Yeah, so we got some samples sent in by Bill Robarge. Yes. Um, so usually the way this goes is one of us blinds the other. This one, we actually both are getting blinded. Indeed. So that's uh, that's always fun. <coughs> Woo! Got right up in the nostrils. Oh, wow. 
Hmm. Kind of sweet. I'm not having like a distillery jump out at me that it reminds me of. I'm not particularly either, but it does smell pretty ethanol heavy. Yeah. I would say. Pretty oily looking on the glass. Oh, yeah. The legs are incredible. I I really like the way it smells. I mean, I'm not opposed to it at all. It's just heavy on the ethanol at this point. I can smell the arm. A little chocolate. Just a hint. Maybe a bit of mint. Mm-hmm. Hint of mint. I don't know. I gotta I gotta try yeah, this. Yeah, we're gonna have to try it. Cheers. It's a lot lighter than I thought it was gonna be. Finish is pretty nice. Hmm. Ethanol in the nose did not lead me to believe it would be this light. No. I thought it was gonna be a little more aggressive. It's got some nuance, but like nothing's really jumping out at me. It just kind of moves a little butterscotchy. Slightly. It's not It's not unenjoyable, but it doesn't seem like it's got... It, it doesn't seem like it has too much going on with it is what I was yeah. trying to say. Well, he sent us a little note with the description. You want me to read it out and see what we got? Is there a description before the... Like the actual reveal of what it is? Can you read one without the other? Let's see. Oh, wow. No. Okay. It's a store pick. Hmm. This is Jefferson's Ocean Voyage 16 Timers Store Pick 90 Proof. We just had a Voyage 19 Store Proof. Or Store Proof. Store Pick recently. Yeah. And 90 Proof. I mean that makes sense because mm. I always have a hard time figuring out what what's going on with Jefferson. Yeah, I agree. Like, there none of their stuff is bad. It's just I don't know. It's not necessarily consistent. It's not consistent. It kind of has the Woodford thing going on where it's just like so close to everything on the flavor wheel that it's it's hard to pick out you know exactly one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know either. Again, it's not bad. No, it's not bad. I've I've had a few Jeffersons I really enjoy, like the Voyage 10. Oh yeah. You don't want to compare with the 17? No. That's fine. I got I got we got a lot to drink tonight. We do have a lot to drink tonight. Oh, the 17 smells way better. <laughs> Oddly enough. But it's preference. What are you going to do? Preference. Regardless. What have you been drinking recently, Swan? Recently, Old Granddad 114, um, and then I've had a good amount of Black Ridge Port Finish. Nice. Yeah. You did a blend of those two recently, didn't Not you? Not good. <laughs> so bad. It took it took everything good about both of them and was just like, let's just toss that out. It was... <laughs> Not good. Yeah, fair enough. And I went aggressive too, man. I had probably a good three and a half, four ounces in this thing, and I was so proud of it. I was like, this is going to be amazing. Terrible. <laughs> so bad. I, I do kind of love it when blends that you think are going to work don't. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something kind of enjoyable about it. See, I just blend it, try it, and I'm like, mm, this is why this is not my day job. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately know there's master blenders and then there's me. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I I think I mentioned this on my live stream last week. I got sent a few bottles of Benchmark Foolproof from uh, the Brennickies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One's already gone. Oh, oh yeah. I see it over <laughs> there in the graveyard. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, we had a long week last week. Needed something a little bit higher proof to kind of get me through. And, mm. uh Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I I also got to record last week an interview, and this won't come out for for a couple of weeks, I don't think, but uh, it was an interview with Keith Gabbett from Goose Island, and uh, I got to drink uh, the the 2020 Bourbon County Stout. Uh, Absolutely fantastic this year. I liked it better than I I did this one, or excuse me, the one from this this past year. And uh, I also tried... One of the special releases from last year, it's like a coffee stout. No, it's not even like a coffee stout. I can't remember exactly what it was. 
that's what it was called. No, I, I read it. It was like a coffee-ish stout, but it was it had like some uh, orange notes in it, some mm-hmm. coffee, some cocoa, just all around good sounding, to be honest. Yeah, and actually, it was really good. It was kind of sweet, mm-hmm. um, but I, I liked it. I someday, someday, I'm gonna get you to try one of the Bourbon County stouts. <sighs> Man, I I need to buy one for myself because then it's like I'm wasting my own money instead of somebody else's. Well, because they're not easy to find, they're not cheap. Well, you know, uh, obviously worth it if you like beer. Hundred percent. But it's just like I pick it up and I'm like, gross. <laughs> then what do I do? You know, I just wasted somebody's bottle. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would drink it with you. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if I tried it and I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever had. I can't do it. Yeah, I'll give you a shot glass first. (laughs) Because I I feel like with stouts and stuff, it's just everything that people like about beer condensed, you know, into like a... Oh, that's fair. And so if I don't like beer, why would I condense it? You know, like (laughs) that just seems odd. But who knows? Maybe that's what I need. Like I've, I've tried coffee and I'm more of like a black coffee kind of person if I can have it at all. So you might like stouts for sure then. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Gotta try it. We may as well. You want to get into some news? Yeah, there wasn't much this week. There really wasn't much. What you, this what you week got? At all. Well, uh, Guinness is bringing out two new bourbon barrel aged stouts this nice. year. One is a gingerbread spice stout and the other is an imperial stout. Again, both are aged in bourbon barrels. This is, I think, the second time that they've put out bourbon barrel aged stouts. Yeah. The other one was a was a bullet one, I believe. Maybe that was two years ago. I really can't remember. Uh, but they're both going to be uh, 11% ABV, so 22 proof. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to try them. Uh, four pack for 20 bucks. It's about on par with most uh, four packs for bourbon barrel aged stouts. So nice. I'm not mad about it. I'd be interested in trying it. Maybe this will be the one that convinces you that you like. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I tried the last one I tried that was bourbon barrel aged stout was the um, what's the one that's finished in wild turkey? Mm. Anderson Valley. Yeah, see, I, I tried that one and that was <laughs> was not for me. But I mean. It's been, you know, a year or so. Sure. So, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I also forgot. Alex Trebek passed away. That's nuts, man. Not really, not really bourbon-related at all. No, I, I mean... mean I, maybe he was a bourbon drinker. Who knows? I mean, look. He, that's the thing. He did so well with kind of coming back and pretending like it was all fine. <laughs> This is great. He actually was a bourbon drinker. Nice. Uh, This is from Barstool Sports. Alex Trebek talks about the time he tripped on hash brownies. (laughs) (laughs) I think he needs to go up there with like... Where's this quote? Keep going, sorry. uh, Like, uh, he needs to be up there with some of the greats in my mind of like people that are untouchably good, you know? Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, he he. This was a, that was a quote from somebody else who the guy who wrote that article. No, that's that, Alex yeah. Trebek. Alex Trebek did that. That definitely. No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. But anyway, yeah, real shame. Host of Jeopardy, man. Yeah, it's like a mainstay in everybody's houses in America, basically. Yeah, and honestly, whoever fills that spot, good luck, buddy. Oof. Good luck, buddy. Anyway, I. That's like that's it. That's like all the news. But there's also some releases and labels we can talk about as well. Crown Royal is putting out a 16-year-old rye. It's a Canadian rye, 90 proof, 70 bucks a bottle. And limited edition. Cool. I mean, I'd try it. Yeah. It's a... I didn't know the distillery was in Manitoba. 90% rye. Interesting. There is also the first release from the William Tarr Distillery... Uh, I actually did an interview with uh, Barry, who is one of the founders, 
if you want to call it, one of the revivers of the William Tarr brand. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is a straight whiskey, uh, origin of Kentucky and Tennessee, seven years old, 104 proof, 80 bucks a bottle, and it's only available here in Kentucky. It's a blend of a seven-year-old bourbon and an eight-year-old rye. I've had it. It's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't deny that. $80 is a little bit expensive, but of course it is their first release, so they're probably trying to earn some of that money back. Yeah. Especially in a pandemic year. So that's fair. You know, it's hard to be hard. I don't know. That's just rough, man. That's, <laughs> it is. that's not a good time to start, but you got to start Ooh. somewhere. No, not at all. I also think I didn't I get an email about. Uh, yeah, there's a new chicken cock that's coming out soon, too. Oh, 15 year. Yeah. 15 year. Thirteen hundred dollars. Excuse me. Thirteen hundred bottles available. One fourteen proof. Three hundred dollars a bottle. Whew. I we yeah are getting a sample of that for sure. Yes, I have somebody that's getting us a sample. Oh, okay. Should I still ask for a sample from our uh, I mean, our contact? Always, yeah. Yeah, all right. I can do that too. So, uh, let's see some TTB labels. This is one that's really caught me by surprise. <laughs> Make sure this is the right right page that I'm pulling up. Here it is. Um. Jim Beam's putting out a highball seltzer. It's, uh, Come it's, again. It's called the classic highball 5% ABV bourbon and seltzer with a hint of citrus. Not everyone needs to be in on the seltzer game. Me. 105 calories. Oh, 0.2 grams of sugar. I don't know. Maybe we should do... Is this going to be what tips us over the edge to do a seltzer episode? I think it might be. I'll do one. I think we may as well. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm not going to like it. You don't know that. I do know that. I've had a few. <laughs> They're not, they are not for me. But this one says bourbon on it. <sighs> okay. Fine. <laughs> I just need to wait and try it because, I don't know, recently I've been on that, like, it's getting kind of Christmassy feeling outside and then it's 80 degrees outside today, but yeah. it's been kind of cold, so I've been trying bourbon flavored things. Sure, yeah. The amount of things that say they are bourbon flavored that are not bourbon flavored <laughs> is ridiculous. That is true. I got some bourbon flavored syrup the other day. Mm. Not not good. Yeah, I believe that. No. I believe that. Uncle Nearest, uh, Master Blend Edition, premium whiskey. Uh, let's see. What do we know about this? 112 proof. Uh, on the back, known as Godfather of Tennessee Whiskey. Nearest Green was the world's first known African-American master distiller. Uh, da, 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 blended to perfection using hand-selected barrels. Nearest Green's legacy continues on through his fifth generation in this masterful blend. We've liked Uncle Nearest. Yeah. In the past. Great folks. Fawn Weaver is an amazing person. Um, I want to try this, man. I can't. I can't deny it that I'm... Interested in giving that one a shot. Yeah. Uh, there's also a new... Oh, by the way, the single cask nation, uh, Pre-Fire Heaven that's Hill. That's right. Yeah, that release. one had some weird stuff going on with the aging yeah. process. Yeah, that's that's coming out soon. Yeah, that's coming out soon. Um, not really new, but I mean, it's something that's been hitting the shelves again recently. Sure. They did a big release of Balboa Rye again from New Riff. Mm-hmm. Um, we were lucky enough to try that at the distillery when we were there. We did. We did Second indeed. run's good, guys. You got to pick one up. <sighs> if, yeah. Um, <laughs> Single Cask Nation also has a uh, a 14-year-old Dickel coming out sometime soon. Uh, what is that? 104.4 proof? Yeah. Um, they've got all their tasting notes that they normally do on the side. Looks like it's going to be mostly rich and sweet. And a little bit of nutty. But, um, yeah, overall, another, I'm sure it's going to be good. I mean, I hope it's going to be good. Yeah. I don't know. Have you heard anything about Baker's doing anything else? Because the rumor was last year that that 13-year release was going to be like a kind well, of Basil Hayden-y kind of thing where they were going to do one new thing a year. Well, we saw that thing. The single barrel. The single barrel yeah. recently, but... I don't know if that's indicative of whether or not that's going to, I don't know. It, truly, I've not heard anything. I'm just hoping for something unique because that 13-year last year was very good. Yeah. Um, but 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. They're too busy making hard seltzer. <laughs> Hopefully the guys who are making the hard seltzer aren't the same ones who are put in charge of making the the bakers. Or maybe they are. In which case, good on you. Just like the idea of some guy sitting in the middle of a table, and on the left they've got hard seltzer crowd, and then <laughs> let's make a limited edition bakers. <laughs> they both pitch their ideas, and the guy goes, seltzer, you got it. <laughs> Run with it. I, Maybe it'll come out like next summer. Maybe. Maybe we'll have time. The last one came out in like October-ish. Oh, I meant the seltzer. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I'm just saying you'll have like a whole, you know... You're excited about the seltzer, man. I'm not going to deny I want to know what it's like. This one says it's made with bourbon, so clearly it's got to be better. Right? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll find out together. Uh, Smooth Ambler Old Scout Rye apparently has a port cask finish coming out at 103 proof. Uh, yeah, that's about all we know. Color is rich, dark copper. Nose of dark berries, floral, and all that BS that they always put on bottles. Um, I'd be interested in trying this. The, the, the last bottle that I had of Smooth Ambler Rye, I wasn't mm-hmm. a big fan of. I think no. I gave it to, the, to Iverson. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, he'd probably like it a lot better than you do. And I think he did. I think we he, like he came over once, and I was like, hey, try this. And he goes, this is really good. And I said, okay, fine, yours. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's also going to be a new Whiskey Row release at four years old. What's... And 80 proof. I don't know. I don't know if I care about this one. Uh. It says it's a honey hole selection. High corn mash bill. Nope. I don't care anymore. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's all the TTV labels that we had to talk about this week. Swan, we wanted to talk about something. Yes. That has been, well, it came up in the news this week. This week and for like the past three years, really. And... That is how this election was going to turn out. Now, if you looked at the states, and I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, we're not talking about the election on this week's episode. That's ridiculous. People have heard enough about it. We're going to talk about something everybody else has heard enough about. Pappy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so the CBS Morning Show this past Sunday did a story on the the new book from Wright Thompson, who is actually a senior writer for ESPN. And the, the whole story behind it really was more based on the family of the Van Winkles than it was the whiskey itself. Yeah. But I think that there's something to be discussed about what this story and this new book that Wright Thompson has put out, Pappy Land, uh, it says a story of family, fine bourbon, and the things that last. But I think it needs to be discussed what this might potentially do for the bourbon boom as it is right now. And I figure there's no better way to discuss this than by sipping on um, something Pappy adjacent. <laughs> Yeah, so the Weller lineup. <laughs> the Weller products. Yeah. <laughs> um, where do you want to start? Do you want to do you want to drink some special reserve? Do you want to just move right on up to something else or dealer's choice? Hmm. When was the last time you had special reserve? <laughs> I don't know. I, I've got a bottle at home. I just never reach for it. Out here, I got some right here. Okay. <laughs> it's my handle. Yes. I've had that handle for like two or three years now. Same. <laughs> I think I've had one since like 2018, and I'm yeah. just, it's only like half gone. And that one's about the same, too. Matter of fact, one of the guys I work with messaged me, and he's like, I think I'm finally going to finish off a handle Weller tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be an achievement. Good for you, buddy. What do you think? And my first thought when I, I heard that there was going to be a story about happy yes was here we go (laughs) like oh boy what do you what do you think about this is this good or bad for the boom i think it's gonna be uh good 
ultimately good yet annoying. Uh, so I don't know. There's there's this whole concept of speaking things into the universe to make them happen. Like you have to make things known for them to happen. And I I feel like Pappy's already had enough of this, where people are like, "It's the best bourbon. It's the most." amazing product there's no flaw in this product you have to get this product we've heard that so much already and then they just had how many pages of this do the exact same thing i mean anybody that gets into bourbon immediately is like yeah i really want to get a bottle of buffalo trace and then they're like i want a bottle of eagle rare and then the third one is like can i get a bottle of pappy it's like that should not be your natural progression (laughs) but i mean as soon as you start a new like hobby or interest it's always can i get the absolute best and pappy is inherently the best according to every news article (laughs) every book every magazine every magazine everybody that's been in whiskey for like three months that got one (laughs) sip of it at a bar i mean it it makes it hard to to not hold it on a pedestal when it's like that because it's been spoken into the universe so many times and this book's doing that too. Well, and and to be fair, based on what the the story asserted and based on what Wright Thompson himself asserted, yeah, this is less about the whiskey itself, as I was saying, and much more about the family. That's true, but it's giving backstory to why it's so good. Yes, which isn't still the same. And it's also nearly impossible to talk about the family without talking about the whiskey, and vice versa. Yeah. I mean, the the modern story of the Van Winkle line is perseverance and determination. It's yes. It's Julian Van Winkle going to distilleries and trying to sell his product and going to stores and trying to sell his product and working out on the road, you know, 11 out of 12 months a year or, you know, six out of seven days a week and... You know, just really being hard-headed about it, but in a good way. And yeah, that I think that in and of itself speaks loads to what they believe their product is capable of being. Yeah. And, and just mountains and mountains towards what they, they believe it is. Yeah. So, I mean, is that... <laughs> Is that enough for the the modern fascination with it to be as as large as it is? I don't I don't truly know. I've had the whole line. Yeah, I've had the whole line minus the twenty five. Oh yeah, I don't I don't hardly count that one though. Yeah, and uh, I've only had the rye uh, like one time. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It's fine. It's all it's all good. I'm not going to lie and say it's not good. It's just, it's, you know, there's more that I'd rather have. The entirety of the BTAC collection, I think, is stronger than, than Pappy. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I would rather have William Livery Weller yeah. over anything. And even in a new drinker, I think they would prefer, uh, you know, like the Sazerac and the, the Eagle Rare that are at more entry-level proofs. Yeah. What what about this this notion that Weller is baby Pappy or baby um, Van Winkle? Have you tried your special reserve yet? No. This is the first time I've had it in a long time. I think it smells and tastes fantastic. This is I I feel like I'm having this for the first time. Yeah. I mean it's good. It's yeah, it's really good. I won't deny it. But it's also not so good that it needs to be sold on the secondary market for five times its value. No. This is inherently a $20 bottle of bourbon. Well, let's put it this way. If you had two bottles on the shelf, you didn't know what they were. They just told you one of them's Heaven Hill and one of them's Buffalo Trace. And then you know they were both six-year age stated. What would you grab? Uh, more than likely Heaven Hill. Okay, so if you had a bottle of Weller on the shelf at 20 bucks. And you had a marked up bottle of Heaven Hill Six Year. <laughs> Why would you end up grabbing the Weller over that? Yeah, I mean that's just confusing. Yeah. It, we're we're buying it even now. If I saw those two on the shelf, I'd probably grab 
the Weller. <laughs> and it's just like, for what reason? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to have Heaven Hill 6 here at a bar way more than I'm ever going to order this. There's something to be yeah. said about Weller and Pappy just being hoarded, not for drinking. For status. For status. Yeah. yeah. For what reason? <laughs> <laughs> because people know that it's worth something, and if you tell people you got bottles of Pappy, then you've got something up on them that they don't have. And Yeah. And, and again, there is something to be said about the Stitzel-Weller line. Or not so much the line, but just the legacy behind it. Yeah, it is fascinating. It, it is. And I think that that warrants some of the craze, and it warrants some of the mystique and everything. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that translates into modern Van Winkle. No. <laughs> I mean, just look at what we had earlier this episode. The Jefferson's Ocean. That's a crazy thing uh-huh. to do. We were just like, eh, I'm not going to buy a bottle. <laughs> I mean, it just it is, it is what it is. Oh, man, I, I got to be honest, though. I'm really enjoying the special reserve. I mean, yeah, I can't deny it. It's pretty good. Yeah. I would, lo- I would love to be able to just have bottles when I wanted it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it serves, I, and I think that there is still some merit behind what it is. As a general product. If you take it at face value, if you take it at at the $20 MSRP, six to seven-year-old weeded, well, I guess really more six to eight-year-old, 90 proof, I mean, it it holds up well. I think it drinks a little bit better than Maker's does. Yeah. I think it drinks about on par with Larceny. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's exactly the same, but I think it's in the same ballpark. Yeah. But I, I understand why people want this to be more readily available. And I, I understand why people covet this. But there's still more readily available things that I think hold up better and have more, more value to them than Special Reserve does. Yeah. I mean, a good larceny pick will change your life. And I mean, th- these are fine, you know. <laughs> these are, I mean, they're good. They're very good staples. Uh, there is, however, in my mind, something in the Weller line worth freaking out over a little, even more so than any of the stuff in the Pappy line. I think a good foolproof pick is worth going a little nuts over. To be quite honest with you. I would really, and, and I haven't had the chance to yet, I would really like to try foolproof non-single barrel. I've not actually seen one. I haven't either. I mean, I've seen them, you know, on social media or seen them, you know, here and there. Yeah. But I've never seen one in person. I don't even know if I've ever really known of anybody to own one. So I've actually seen one for sale in person. Really? Yes. Uh, I'm. You can bleep it out if you want, or just cut it. But uh, I've heard that the reason there's no sticker on it is because it got peeled off and put out for resale. Uh, but it was for sale. <laughs> it's of course marked up to like six hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Did you see the bottle? Yeah, they've got oh, yeah, them all you said there. You saw the bottle. Yeah. But did you like? Did you notice any evidence of? Oh, no. Sticker no. removal or tampering? No. No. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's they've, they've got this particular store has just a full Weller lineup, single barrel, CYPB, everything sure. up there. It's like a museum. It's not necessarily, you know. Draw your own conclusions. For sale. <laughs> uh, but it's it's there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think we've kind of digressed a little bit from Weller, or from, <laughs> we've digressed so much from Van Winkle that I can't even remember what, what we're actually talking about. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we did pour, and I wanted to do this side by side, the 12-year with the, the Special Reserve. I, I mean, drank, I'm, I'm doing it side by side. I drank all my Special Reserve. That's fine. 
It's much better. It's much more complex and, and got a lot more depth to it. Yeah. And we, we did this on an older episode, too. Uh, we actually compared side-by-side side the 12-year uh, Van yes, Winkle we and the 12-year Weller. That was like a Christmas special from 2018 or something. Yeah. And or 2019. That that also kind of blurs the lines of, you know, what's the craze about Pappy? We we all enjoyed the Weller 12. Yeah. More than the the Van Winkle 12. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Especially at the the difference in price point. Yeah, I mean, one's what 80 bucks retail, mm-hmm. 80 90 and then the other one's now about 50-ish. Yeah. It's obnoxious. It's obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> Getting back to the the Van Winkle conversation, though, I'm not trying to suggest that we suppress the conversation around Van Winkle, mm-hmm. because I think that it is something that can be and should be celebrated to some degree, and yeah. I think that people should be encouraged to purchase it if. They want to. And honestly, the secondary market is what it is. For the most part, I want to try to take that out of the equation and out of the conversation. Yeah, and Van Winkle's actually made it an effort yes. to take it out of the you know the conversation. Yes. The the point being though, if people are gonna buy it and they want to buy it, fine. Let them do that. But I would still like to see it more available. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think anyone's I mean, that, arguing that point. Yeah. yeah, that is that is a very <laughs> blasé statement. But it, I've never had a bad experience with it. I've never tasted it and gone, "Yeah, I don't know about that." Yeah, it's just always been very okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, d- definitely skim through that book at least. I think it's going to be interesting. Learning more about the family is always going to be yeah, nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I've, I've put some negative points out there, but definitely it's, you know, decent juice. Mm-hmm. Good family. Good history to it. It's just not worth me hunting it anymore and on secondary. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up, and you, you kind of phrased another one of the questions on the podcast, is how do you think this is going to affect the bourbon boom? How do you think yeah. not standing in line this year is going to affect the bourbon boom. Because as much as everyone hates getting out there and freezing, there's something to be said about that like four-hour period where you've got just a community of bourbon drinkers in a giant line. And you're not going to have that this year for any of the releases. I think in the long run, it's not going to make that big of a difference. Yeah. I think what we will see, though, is a difference just solely in how these releases go. Yeah, I, I can't imagine many stores are going to look forward to having that style of event again. It's a huge theft issue, I'm sure, having you know an insane amount of people in your store, and no one's there going, oh, well, I didn't win Pappy, so I'll just pick up some Makers. Or some Jack Daniels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't win, they're gone. There was one year, I think it was 2018... <clears throat> where we waited for the the antique collection. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we left, they, they put, put out, out the Van Winkle bottles. They put out some Van Winkle bottles, yeah. I was pissed. <laughs> I was too. <laughs> I was like, I would take that as a consolation prize. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and they've also done it uh, one year where we walked in and Liquor Barn, uh, who I found out apparently has exclusive rights to sell Hancocks in Kentucky. Yeah, you didn't know that? I had no idea. Yeah, they're the only ones who sell Hancocks. Yeah, and and so we walked in, and they're just like, yeah, we're selling like 30 cases of Hancocks. And I'm just like, you're, do- you're, you're doing what now? And I just walked <laughs> over. And um, they realize that people are going to be upset, so they just start selling some nicer yeah. bottles. That's always great. Yeah. Uh, but no, I've, I've, not, I've not been super successful with a lot of those drawings. Chad, on the other hand... Chad's a different story. <laughs> you got so lucky that year. That was the most ridiculous year of luck I've ever seen from a person. Yeah. That was... Got called fourth. <laughs> and second at total line. Yeah. 
That was beautiful. That was a beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! I, I, that's kind of all I have to say about that. But yeah. I would like to keep tasting through the rest of the Weller products that I have. Yeah, why not? If you're okay with that, absolutely. Are you opposed in any way? Nope. Didn't think you would. Nope. Twelve's real good though. Oh, it's yes. One oh seven. One oh seven. Let's do it. You know, 107 was the first bourbon we ever had on the podcast. That's right. Yeah. It's what uh, Curtis and I used to warm up before our bottled and bond flight fight. Yeah, and then you guys immediately escalated the next episode <laughs> to, to the William LaRue Weller. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, does Chad want that William LaRue Weller bottle for a candle? or? Yes, he is reorganizing his basement right now, so we will find room for it after. Sweet. Just bring over a liquor box or two, and think y'all can have however many of those empty bottles you want. See, this this comparison that we're doing right now is my, my favorite in the Weller line. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Is there another weeded product from Buffalo Trace that I'm missing? No, not that I can think of. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of Old Fitz. Never mind. Yeah. Definitely not Buffalo Trace. <laughs> no. Is this a pick? No. The nose is really subtle. Mm-hmm. But what is there? It's almost like burnt marshmallows. Yes. Yes. With that kind of classic berry nose that I normally get on... Uh, on Antique 107 as well. Yeah, but man, you get your nose too far in that glass, it reminds you it's jumped up. Well, that was my <clears throat> that was my first experience with Antique 107 too. Yeah. Is we Lucy and I went out to a, we went to a restaurant and they had Antique 107 and Weller 12 on the menu. Mhm. And I was like, "Well, I've never had either of these before." And of course, I was like, can I get the Weller 12, please? And they're like, we're sold out. And I was like, can I get the Antique 107, please? And they're like, yeah, all right. And it comes out in one of those like fat-looking Glencairns that I and I'm, I might have told this story on the, on the podcast before, but they're called like the official tasting glass of the Bourbon Trail or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I, I was not ready for the smack of proof <clears throat> that came through on the nose. Yeah. But, like, I dug my nose way too deep into that glass, and I was just coughing in the middle of this restaurant. <laughs> it was brutal. <laughs> yeah. Man, that is a little uh, more untamed than I remember. Mmm. <laughs> I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong. Oh, my gosh. So how do, you, how do you think these are stacking up now that we've got Larceny Barrel Proof? And some of the nicer, like, makers' releases, RC6, SE4PR5. Wow, that was a mouthful. Um, <laughs> but, like, how, how do you think they're kind of comparing to those? As you pull out a little sample of SE4. Yeah, we got a little sample of it. Don't <laughs> worry about it. I don't know. It's a, it's a really good question because I still think the Antique 107 holds its own mm-hmm. and still has a lot of merit. In yes. this category. I don't think that Larceny has quite gotten there yet, though. I don't think Larceny's figured out their barrel-proof release. I don't yet. think so at all. No. I honestly think they made a mistake with the barrel-proof releases. In what way? So have you noticed that a lot of the um, like weeded products that we really enjoy have been more like 110, 115-ish? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, honestly, they should have looked at making just higher-proof releases. Uh, the cast strengths are good, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, if they were to you know put it out at a proof they thought was not necessarily more approachable, but just lended itself to the most amount of flavor, I think that would have been great. Um, I wouldn't even mind seeing them just change that as time went on. Do a barrel-proof release, do it this, do that. Just whatever they think the best proof is for that. I kind of get what you're saying. I think the problem with it is you're appealing to the market in a way that implies consistency. Yes. So by, you know, you know, if you're going by 
by quarters throughout the year. Not that that's how Heaven Hill does their barrel proof releases, but it, I'm just for for example, if you have a barrel proof in the first quarter, and then you have a sub 100 above 92 proof release in the second, then it's back up to over 115 in the third, and then just a blender's batch super release or whatever. It gets even, confusing. Exactly. Even yeah. at like the, the regular 92 proof or 95 proof or something like that, it would, it would be hard to keep up with and you would lose the consumer's attention. I feel like I just, I just want to like the barrel proof release. No, I do more. too. Yeah. I really want to, but I, I just haven't found the one that speaks to me yet. Yeah. Again, a was fine this year, B was a significant improvement, and C was kind of on par with B. I didn't think that B and C had so much of a difference that I could... <laughs> it's hard to pick them out between the two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, but then you look at, like, one Weller foolproof compared to the next. I mean, you had the one from High Acres and then the one from uh, Beaumont Inn. Yeah. Different ballparks. 100%. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I just want some variety, I guess, and Weller's offering it right now, and you know they're not really offering it anywhere else other than the Makers releases, and those are once a year. And that's what I was about to get at, too. Makers has gone in this direction that is just like, what is happening? Yes. You know, like it, it's, it, it's so funny because you, they started with that 46, and then there was the cast strength. Not the 46 cast strength, the regular cast strength. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there were the picks that started popping up. Or the, you know, the, the private barrels, the private blends, whatever. And then it just kind of escalated and escalated. And then all of a sudden we're seeing these staves, these finishing staves that we had never heard of before. And it, it like, it's almost to the point where you just don't know what's going on. Yes, but, you know, I will say they have flipped a lot of consumers this year. Oh, absolutely. Because last year, the RC6 was just like, I don't, what, what is that? It was good, but it wasn't great. But also, everyone was just confused, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, what, okay, cool. You know, I'll think about it. Uh, and then there's me this year thinking, I want to add a bottle with red wax to my collection. Yeah. For what reason? Like, I've never been a Makers fan, and here I am just excited about it. it. It's funny, too, because, I mean, I picked up both the 101 and the 46 cast strength Yeah. this year. We reviewed just the 46 cask? Yes. Yeah, we didn't review the 101. No. We need to do that at some point. But can I have a little bit of the SE4? Yeah, sure. Just to kind of compare it. Yeah, you refresh yourself on that one. Yeah. It's been a while. We're kind of going all over the place, but generically, just the weeded products this year have, well, really in the past two, three years, they've gone from there's Weller, there's Larceny, there's Makers, to there's, you know, special releases with it. Old Fitz has taken off with their decanter-style releases. I mean, it's it's been all over the place, and there's more competition for Pappy than there ever has been, and everyone's still hooked on Pappy. And truly, I think that that expansion of weeded products in the field is because of the Van Winkle line. For sure. It's yeah. it, it's impossible to not attribute the boom of weeded bourbons. Yeah. To to Pappy. I and and yeah, we yes, we can talk about the Weller products not being <laughs> available because of their relation to Pappy. But at the same time, what have we been hearing over the past few years? Well, what's the best alternative to the best bourbon in the world? <laughs> or the most coveted bourbon in the world? Everyone's trying to be first in line for that. Yeah. Everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I, people can keep trying all they want. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't mean it's going to work. Honestly, Doesn't unless mean it's going to be from, successful. Unless it's coming from BT. <laughs> it's just, it's probably not going to happen. But, I mean, everyone's going nuts over it. They're all trying to be that alternative. Because, sure. I mean, 
I mean, I just started a new job this week, and there's two pallets of Makers 101 in the back. That's a release that two years ago was duty-free only, mm-hmm. came in a one-liter bottle, and no one had, and yep. everyone wanted. Then it was gift shop, then it was a small release, and now there is pallets sitting in people's yep. back rooms. That is insane. Oh, the SE4. Oh, that's good stuff. Man, see, that's what I'm saying. Ooh-wee. I think if you compared that to your Beaumont pick, and you can have more of this too if you wanted to get into it. Uh, I, I just think that's they're they're in the ballpark, man. They're in the same ballpark. I'm trying to save some of the Beaumont pick for when I can actually drink it with Ethan. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the comparing the two, the antique is much more tame. Oddly enough. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty harsh. It's going back of the palate right now. This has honestly turned into an excuse for us to drink weeded products. It truly has been. You know, that's fine. We came into this with not much of a plan. Yeah. uh, Other than we just really wanted to. Don't tell them. Hey. Every episode is scripted. Behind the curtain, buddy. This is part of the script. Yeah, this is part of the script. (laughs) This is the behind the curtain part. Uh, No, we just, we really wanted to talk about that article and some of the Weller line and it's kind of devolved into trying some weeded products. I'm not upset, man. I'm not either. They're all good. It's starting to make me realize that as much as I'm like Jim Beam, High Ride, this, that. Oh, I'm yeah. just like, I enjoy a good weeded product. I do too, but I think that it has to be it has to be the right age. It has to be the right wheat content. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, you know, it, it, it's not just something that a distillery can go, well, we want that. And then try to replicate it. Yeah. Because if you don't take your time with it, it's just going to taste like a corn whiskey. Yeah. And it's it, it's going to flop, and everybody's going to go, well, you tried. Yeah. Or it's that, um, that scene from The Simpsons where they've got the cake that says, at least you tried. And Bart just picks it up and goes and throws it in the, in the mm-hmm. trash. <laughs> I, I think the people that have gotten closest to it, it's been old fits. I'd love to try some of those releases yeah. that were close to the same age yeah. uh, as the Pappy line, but I'm not going to a bar and dropping 90 bucks to make that comparison. <laughs> At least. At least. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not happening. I'd be, I'd be, you know, ordering a, a pour of it and then bringing a sample bottle, so, you know, just like pouring it in there and you're like, Mmm, wow, that was really good. Okay. <laughs> Iverson, watch out. <laughs> no, 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 Iverson, we're good. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to Ivy. Yeah, I'll wait until he's at least off for the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we've got one more Weller product, but uh, we can start wrapping up the show if you want. Yeah, let's go ahead and pour it, and then we'll uh, we'll get into our everybody's favorite section everybody's favorite it's my favorite when i have good ones <laughs> yeah do you have a good one today i do yeah oh okay i've got i've got one it's strong i'm yeah. hoping you don't have the same one because chad even brought it up to me earlier and i was like shh i huh. never tips and bits fair enough well yeah. uh tips and bits is our recommendation segment it is sometimes bourbon related but more often than not it's just whatever yeah. so whether it's something we've been watching reading listening to talking about i don't know <laughs> Yeah. Just things we want you to enjoy as well. Have you been watching uh, The Queen's Gambit? I've already watched it. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I, I, to be fair, I did kind of come in and out of it mm-hmm. with Lucy. Because she, like, she's blown through so many different series of television since she's been home with the baby. Yeah. That like, I'll come in and out of it as she's watching. But The Queen's Gambit, man. The fact that like it starts out set in Lexington too. Oh yeah, it gets Fantastic. better. She comes, oh yeah, she comes back to Lexington. Uh huh. And the part that really sold me is there's one, I think it's like the sixth episode. They go to Henry Clay. <laughs> it doesn't look anything like Henry Clay. No, but they <laughs> they go to Henry Clay, and then uh, one of the characters pronounced Louisville right. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, they just really got it. I'm going to let you keep some of that. I might pour some of this SE4 for no, me. No, you can have some. Nah, man. You you keep that. This is the High Acres pick. I know. 
Fine. That's all you, man. <laughs> you love that stuff way more than I do. I don't. I don't. I don't want to take that from you. That bottle is now just about a year old. Yeah. Like right at a year old, and that was the very first foolproof pick I ever got. One of many, hopefully. We shall see. Truly, I've only had two picks. Got to up those numbers, buddy. That's rookie numbers. <laughs> Need a cabinet full. Got to snipe those bottles, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you going to recommend Letterkenny now? Come no, on, Kurt. I did, I did that Hit last week. It. I did that last week. Yeah. So I, I will say about Letterkenny, too. Somehow, mm-hmm. I don't know if, if Hulu screwed it up for us or somehow we just selected the wrong episodes on our first watch through mm-hmm. we missed at least two seasons of the show it did the same thing to me i had to go back and manually select season two and three what happened i don't know i mean we missed like four and five i think yeah maybe three and four i can't remember i don't know and the strange part about it is it's weirdly hard to, it's like hard to find out you just keep going yeah and you're just like it's the same old thing the funny thing it's like family guy well yeah but i mean like later seasons they actually have like a cohesive storyline and yeah whatnot but the the funny thing is like (laughs) we were starting to watch like some of the episodes that we missed Mm -hmm. and to myself i'm going was i drunk through these did i just totally forget all about this and then i was like lucy do you remember any of this? And she's like, I don't remember any of this. Like, yes. like, oh, thank God it wasn't just me. Yeah. <laughs> but there was just, I mean, it, it was like, it was almost like watching the show for the first time again because yeah. of how much of it we've missed. Honestly, you can rewatch all of it and catch new things. They talk so freaking oh, for fast. Sure. We watch it with subtitles. We have to. It's rough. <laughs> it's so good, though. It's so funny. Especially when it's uh, Dan. Um, oh, crap. When it's the three guys just there at the, the stand. Wayne, Dan, and Derry. Yeah, Wayne, Dan, and Derry. <laughs> uh, when they're all just at the stand yeah. and just going on a bit, like, oh, my oh, gosh, it's man. It's great, but it's so hard to keep up. <laughs> There's been times where I've had to pause it, rewind a little bit. I'm like, i got to get this. <laughs> Diane's going to think I'm stupid. <laughs> I'll tell you another show that um, Lucy's been watching, or did watch, that I kind of came in and out of, but absolutely loved. Glow. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. Mm-hmm. It's Allison Brie and Mark Marin. It, it, mm-hmm. Good, good stuff, man. Yeah. I like Allison Brie and a lot of the stuff she's in. I've seen her in mm-hmm. Community, obviously, but a couple of like smaller movies. She's always been good. Yeah. She's a fantastic actress. Mm-hmm. I don't think i have much else to recommend this week i've been working and working and working and working and that's about it so yeah (laughs) i don't know do you have anything else no i was just really excited about the queen's gambit it's so good man for anybody who doesn't know what it is it's uh so it's about this girl who gets orphaned she ends up at an orphanage uh with um uh another girl that and they just kind of become best friends and both of them don't get adopted for a long period of yeah. time the entirety that she entire time she's there she kind of sneaks off from class and uh gets given this simple task of you know banging the erasers together getting all the dust off of them and notices this guy playing chess and she just says i want to play that and learns it and ends up just She's being a this prodigy yeah. and, and blows everyone away and uh it, it skips forward quite a bit and it's just her journey from like very first tournament uh and just extremely confident going in to just this astronomical level of chess that i've just completely i can't it blows my mind uh i mean it, it's great to watch and you don't have to be a chess fan at all it's no, you're no, just no, no. absolutely enamored by just the technique and craziness and like how cutthroat it is it's it's fantastic dudley from the harry potter movies is in it he's in there yeah he's <laughs> yeah and i i had a realization that he's one of the few people from harry potter that i don't look at it and go oh 
No, it's Harry Potter. <laughs> Get out of this movie, buddy. I, I can't do it. We watched... Um, you know what? I, I guess I do have more to recommend. Mm-hmm. Well, fair enough. Um, we also watched uh, The Devil All the Time. Have oh, with Tom Holland? Yeah, with Tom Holland and yeah. Robert Pattinson. Freaking amazing. It's movie. pretty good. It's a little slow, but it's good. It is, but I, I think that the character development and the storytelling overall. Tom Holland is going to be a fantastic actor. <laughs> he absolutely blew me away in yeah. that movie. And, and really, Robert Pattinson did as well. Robert Pattinson uh, just secured his spot as uh, Batman for me. I that. think that he will go down as one of the best actors of the 21st century. I think both of them will be up there. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. But Robert Pattinson delivers just such a gripping performance and is so fully immersed in that character. Yeah. That you're just like, this he's, is on an entirely different level. I can see why they picked him now for that Batman oh, for role. Sure. Because he's got kind of a Heath Ledger, Christian Bale kind of like level of intensity. He's, with he's his very character. much right in between those two actors. Yeah, and he he's very like between them and the level of intensity. It's not the machinist level. Don't get me wrong. Have you seen that movie? But uh, yeah. I mean, as far as just mentally being in that state, he's there, man. Yeah. He's there. Absolutely. The other thing that we watched was uh, The Rock with Sean Connery. Yeah. I apologize for recommending that last week. Not very good. <laughs> Did you watch it this week, too? No. But you've seen it before. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... I don't know. It's fine. It does feel like a final outing as James Bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you want another terrible uh, movie, and I've kind of mentioned, uh, that, that's Harry Potter. What are you doing in this film? <laughs> uh, Daniel Radcliffe made a movie, or was in a movie, and I think helped direct it. I might be wrong on that. Called Swiss Army Man. I want to watch that movie so badly. Oh really? Gosh, it's so bad. Dang it. I've heard good things about it, too. See, for me, it's like they took the movie Outcast, and they're like, how can we make this worse? <laughs> And just introduce some, a corpse. Like, yeah, <laughs> just crazy, crazy concept. It is yeah. not good. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I guess that does it for tips and bits this week, and kind of does it for the episode this week as well. Yeah, bit of a shorter one. Just relax too. Yeah, you know, not really do anything too serious. Yeah, drinking a little. I like that. Mm-hmm. After the past week of high tension, we needed some relaxing pours. Mm-hmm. solid i had to think about that one i'm sorry i was drinking <laughs> it just was not going down by itself was like that the se4 does. yeah yeah all right <laughs> are you my good? brain was like enjoy enjoy <laughs> enjoy hey thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode and for anybody who might be new or even returning which basically makes up the entirety of our listenership mm-hmm. there's nobody who's halfway between a new listener and a returning listener is there no not that i no yeah so thank you to everybody for listening to this week's episode you can follow us on social media swan where can people follow you on social media i'm at swan tbf on instagram and i am at p raider 1492 on all social media platforms you can find the show itself at my bourbon pod on instagram facebook and twitter you can leave us a five-star rating and review on the itunes podcast app and we'll read out that rating and that review here live on air i mean it's not live it's live for us. It's not live for you. Yeah. It's also not live for Future Perry, who's editing this. No. Sorry, Future Perry. But live. Yeah. But live, one way or another. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com, including shirts, hoodies, uh, T-shirts. Does that, that counts as shirts. Uh, and face masks. Yeah. And skateboards. I just want somebody to buy a skateboard. Just one person. I'm going to get you a skateboard for Christmas. I don't need it. It's gonna sit. It's gonna sit in here somewhere, and I'm gonna get frustrated that it's here. I want somebody who's gonna actually use it, or know somebody who's gonna use it, to buy it. <laughs> Are you gonna use it? Absolutely not. I'll kill myself. Yeah, I didn't. I, I did didn't that think once. So. <laughs> 
Oh, my goodness gracious. Hey, we also have our Movember charity campaign uh, going on. The link for that is in the description below. We are looking to raise $500 for Movember, but we can absolutely do more. Last year, we did over $800 with a goal of $500. Uh, And like we said at the beginning of the episode, we are halfway there. So if we can hit that here soon, it would be awesome. And I know times are tough. So if you cannot donate to that, it's totally understandable. But we appreciate everybody who is doing that. And speaking of donating, you can become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash podcast for as little as a dollar a month. And for as little as $5 a month, you get the bonus content, which includes the pregame chats and the last call. Last call is on a bit of a hiatus right now. But uh, probably after the first of the year, we'll get back into it. I'm really excited for that. Uh, always a really fun, goofy time where we kind of relax and uh, decompress from each week's episode. But uh, yeah, patreon.com slash podcast. And there's going to be a new tier that is going to be coming up here very soon. Maybe a couple of tiers uh, where you get to be a part of, drumroll please, future barrel picks. So yeah. that's the thing. Oh, also, yeah, our barrel pick is being bottled this week from New Riff. How about that? I mean, I, I'm just ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm seriously too. considering driving down to Tennessee <laughs> just so I can dip. Uh, well, You're I can't own. ruin anything, but um, <laughs> I just just get my bottles as soon as they come in. You, you know? just want them. Yeah, you just want them. That's it. All righty. Well, I think that does it for this week's episode. Next week is going to be an interview with the founder of the Steel Bending Spirits Company, and also Three Chord Bourbon. Neil Giraldo himself, you guys are really going to enjoy that. We had a really good time talking about music and talking about spirits and bourbon and all that good stuff. And it, it's it's good. It's a good time. It's a good time. You get to hear it next week. How about that? Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, thanks, Swan, for your support. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to listen to it. I yeah, no, 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 no. That's fine. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like you're posing a question to the audience that's not here, and then I realize, oh, crap, he means you. And then I have to talk. Okay, that's great. Well, we'll see you next week for some more questions that I post to Swan. But until then, I'm Perry. And I'm Swan. And this is my bourbon podcast. Answer that one. <laughs>